From New Dog Media and Phoenix Fifth, it's the Settle Smarter Podcast. I'm just saying, put a stake in the ground today. Do you love it? Is this work that you can see yourself doing? What other component parts of what, what activities would you like to be able to do every day? And then he started to kind of relax and go, oh, okay, well then, all right, well, I'm going to apply for this. Perfect. Go. If you ever feel like a hamster inside of a wheel running a sprint inside of a marathon while balancing on top of a teeter-totter, this podcast is for you. Welcome to Settle Smarter with me, Dana Look Arimoto. Today's guest is someone I met in a really cool way. I'll explain that in a minute. Her name is Virginia Ginny Clark, and we're so thrilled to have her. She and I met doing a keynote accelerator with a fabulous friend of ours named Jill Wesley. Shout out to Jill. And what we learned as we were both talking about what we want to present on stage to help others to go further faster was that we both have staffing in our blood. And so we're going to talk to her. She's a speaker, an author, a career expert, an executive recruiter. She currently holds the title Director Leadership Staffing at Google. And we're going to get into some things having to do with career mapping and competencies today. So for those of you listening that are super interested in going further and faster with your career, no matter your circumstance, including inside of this constraint we call COVID, Jenny's going to get us to know what the heck we're doing to move further and faster inside a career. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Delighted to be with you, Dana. So glad you're here. We really got each other during that day of recording. Yeah, we sure did. It was easy. I'm so grateful that you were willing to take a little time out of what we know has got to be a crazy busy time for you right now. It still is, believe it or not. Yes. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's talk about change and systems. Why don't you educate us on what that means inside of people's career and how they map their, themselves, their competencies, and their own way forward? Yeah, I, maybe I can give just a quick background on how I came up with the book. I had been an executive recruiter with the firm Spencer Stewart for 12 years and had started writing the book after I'd worked there about six years. And what I noticed is that, that people kept coming to me saying, you're going to help me find a job. And I'd say, well, that's actually not what I do. I don't find jobs for people. I find people for open roles at the, at the executive level. And I was doing that because I always try to set people's expectations and I didn't want them thinking, oh, she didn't help me. It's like, well, that's because I'm only working on a very finite number of opportunities and the likelihood that you are going to line up with one of those is really, really low. And so instead, what I thought about was how about if I could give a gift to people and basically mimic the executive search process for the benefit of the individual? And so that's what I've done in the book is to really break down how does one conduct a search for oneself? And it doesn't start by uh, writing a resume. It starts by you being introspective, just like with our clients. My clients are the people that are hiring. They need to start with what is the role I need filled? Okay, what is the job you want to do based on what skills are you bringing to that role? Not what's open. That's being reactive. But it all starts with you, and then you bring those opportunities to you once you get clear. So you're sitting at the still point 
bringing to yourself what you actually want versus running around chasing something that you think you might be well suited for. When we're settling smarter, our listeners know it doesn't matter if you're an executive or even if you want to be an executive or not. This applies universally, doesn't it? It absolutely applies universally. And I wrote it with my son in mind, who at the time was like 13 years old. And I wanted him to understand this, this is foundational. You're creating your own reality. So, and you don't pass off to someone else, least of all a recruiter, to say, you're going to find me a job. That's, think about it. It doesn't even make any sense you're, because there are infinite opportunities out there. And I, this isn't a multiple listing service as a recruiter, right? So I don't know what jobs that XYZ company has around the world that you might be perfectly suited for. But if you begin to frame up some thoughts about what you actually want, then you can create sort of a target list of companies, which is what we do as an executive recruiter. Where are we going to find these people? right? What are the companies where they're going to be? What are the industries? What are the functions? What are the roles? And we do sort of macro to micro. So that's what the book is doing. So let's talk about writing this in mind with your 13-year-old son, because that's so incredibly uh, poetic in some ways, right? Because for those of us that have children, and I'm talking to you when you're listening right now, people, if you have kids and they're in their teens, I feel you. So I have two teenage daughters, one's 16, one's 20, and it's, it is not easy. And they really are in some ways directionless, but think they have every answer and want it gift wrapped. So can you talk about that? Oh, that's a long conversation. I'll stick to the, the issue around future and career and those kinds of things in, in the minds of, of uh, my son's now 23, almost 24. And what I keep telling him, we had a conversation literally this morning where he was saying, you know, I don't know if I really love this thing that I'm doing. He's in the entertainment space and went to USC and graduated and all that. Yay, out of my house. And I, he said, should I look for something now? And I said, well, why wouldn't you? I said, I, I know that a lot of companies have slowed their hiring. And if for no other reason that for the people that they've already extended offers to, they can't necessarily onboard, right? So the hiring has slowed, but it's, it's going to continue. And so I said, why wouldn't you at least apply? This is a perfect time for you to get your, throw your hat in the ring, but do it deliberately, meaning do it intentionally with something in mind that you want to do that, have that role for a reason, because you think it's going to get you to that next thing. Well, what if I don't know? I said, you don't have to, I'm not asking you to know what the next 40 years are going to look like. I'm not. I just, I'm just saying, put a stake in the ground today. Do you love it? Is this work that you can see yourself doing? What other component parts of what, what activities would you like to be able to do every day? And then he started to kind of relax and go, oh, okay, well then, all right, well, I'm going to apply for this. Perfect. Go. So uh, call out to anyone who's either been in staffing or recruiting or worked with someone who's a recruiter. If you're not looking while you don't have to, you might really be missing an opportunity to Jenny's point. That is the best time to put your feelers out there and to really propel yourself forward versus holding yourself back. So can you talk to our listeners about maybe a few quick tips as to what they can do to push forward and get closer to that bullseye of what they really want, what they're really good at, what they love? Well, I always start with that assessment, that that introspective assessment of what do you have in your toolkit? You know, what are you, what are your competencies? And, and the way I address them in my book is to 
to say they are the deconstructed elements. They're portable. They're those things that, that you have learned to do that you could do in a different function. Someone negotiates really well. Okay, if you negotiated in a sales role, then you could probably negotiate in a different kind of role or function. So you need to be the one to articulate what those component parts are, pull them apart, put them back together in the minds of that hiring manager for the role that you actually want. And there's nothing more, and Dana, you know this, you've interviewed thousands of people, I'm sure. You can tell when someone isn't committed. Where's the motivation? Where's the thought that you put in? You know, don't just tell me all the stuff that you've done. Tell me how you did it and why you think you're the best one for that role. So the propulsion needs to come from you having had a sense of clarity about where you're trying to go. You can't just sit back and wait for someone to tap you on the shoulder. And I've heard that from some folks who've been successful, but that is not a recommended strategy. That's kind of um, career by default. Yes, versus design. I talk about that as well. And right now, more than ever, if you are kind of waiting for stuff to happen, you're going to be waiting a long time. So let's let's get on it and let's take this advice and let's apply it. So talk to our listeners about potentially reinventing yourself, picking apart and thinking through like people's competencies. Isn't that easy for them? So if they read your book or they listen to what you have to say, you're asking more questions than telling more answers. Mm -hmm. So who do they talk to, to try to get the answers to these questions for themselves? Actually, you talk to yourself. I'm a big believer in, you know, your inner voice. And I think we, especially I've noticed this with my son, so I think it is sort of generational. We kind of crowdsource everything. Well, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? It's like, I don't really care what everybody else thinks. What do I think about me? What do I want? And trust me, I was not always this clear. (laughs) I've been out here many, a few decades to be able to have figured all this out. But in, in your 20s, if you can learn to shut down all the noise and all the peer pressure and social, the consensus mindset, and get the clarity for yourself about what do you want today, today, not what your parents want you to do, not what you're afraid of doing if you want to have children, and that's, that might not be a great career for motherhood, not all these others. Stop with all of the narratives And build a narrative that operates from a position of, this is what I'm passionate about. This is who I really believe that I am. It's harder than, than what I'm describing. It really can be difficult. But if you just really go into it intentionally and ask that of yourself and take several weeks, don't just, again, don't just start applying to stuff, but take several weeks to think it through, map out the competencies and say, wow, look, I've done a lot of different things. I can pull from this and this and this, and I can now build a story and a narrative that sets me up to do this job over here. I'm 90% there when I actually thought I was 50% there. Have you seen that people that are more focused and targeted on the bullseye of mapping where they really want to be and where they quote unquote, are additive, mm-hmm. that that is a much simpler, faster, better process than those that are, I call it in the spray and pray. <laughs> spray and pray. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, one of the things that I espouse is because I think people get, this is where anxiety starts to build that I hear from folks, right? That one thing, right? 
I want to do this because I was someone who I've had a lot of interests and I've had a lot of bobs and weaves in my career. And somebody said, oh, you've had a meandering career. I'm like, actually, no, it, it's been more deliberate than it looks. I, I took some risks. Right. You didn't do yours has been quite linear. So no judgment. But, you know, you were trying to judge me. I could judge you just as harshly for being like this straight arrow. Are you happy? I'm happy because I've experimented with a variety of functions and roles and industries to have developed a very robust set of competencies that I'm proud to optimize and utilize every day. And I continue to grow and learn. So I don't want people to feel as though they have to like nail that one thing. You don't know enough yet. Your job is to learn more and, and learn about yourself along the way to see what you really are gravitating for. You know, because I didn't, I wanted to be a veterinarian for God's sake when I graduated from, from undergrad. And, you know, I went into banking, commercial real estate, executive recruiting. I wrote a book, I'm, you know, so, but there, there's a through line. If you look back on my career, there was stuff that I always loved to do. And I had to, I hit that point where the, the defining moment was when my father died 20 something years ago. And I, I kind of went, wow, he had been my coach, my mentor. Um, and I thought, I don't want to do what I'm doing. I don't want to be in the commercial real estate business anymore. What do I want to do? What have I, I asked myself, what have I always loved? Recruiting. So the answer was recruiting. So earlier you said for somebody, the answer might be negotiating. Are there a few more competencies you can just sort of pepper out there for people to understand so they can get like a jump start to doing this process? Yeah. yeah. So th there are at Google, for example, we have a set of like 60 competencies and they, they fall into about 15 clusters, if you will, or you could even distill it down further it's around leadership. It's around domain expertise. What, where's your sort of technical knowledge? It, for me right now, with over nearly 25 years of recruiting experience, I'm an expert. I know what executive recruit, the ins and outs, the nuances. I'm expert at that, right? So that's a domain competency. That's my technical skill. People think in terms of technical as being an engineer. You can think of it as my technical skill outside, even though I'm not technical in that sense. We, we call it general cognitive ability. And that's more so problem solving. How, does, how do you think? Are you a systems thinker? Do you know how to get underneath an issue and really get to the root of the issue? There, and are, are you a strategic thinker? So there, there are a lot of different buckets that now you're beginning to hopefully see that the role that you're in doesn't matter as much as your ability to demonstrate these behaviors. That's what competencies actually are. So it's not enough to say, I've done this thing. I accomplished this. I met this goal. I hit these numbers. Great. Now, how did you do it? Can you tell me how? You did it through building a team, understanding the issue, aligning the issue, um, communicating effectively to, you know, up and down the chain. So that communication is yet another competency. I mean, there, so there are a lot of behaviors that go into someone being successful in their role. So what would you say to someone that says, I'm really passionate? Is that an actual skill or do they need to go deeper than that? You better go deeper. That's, that's nice. That's good. Passion is, they'll, they'll get you 10% mm, of the way. Um, but I need to know what you can do. What is that passion? Is, because if you're really passionate, then that should mean you know a lot about the particular issue. So you should be able to talk to me in depth about what you've learned, read, 
um, come to believe, <laughs> you know, if you're passionate, then demonstrate the passion some kind of way for me. This is sage advice and wisdom. And those of you that are either interviewing right now or contemplating interviewing or changing jobs or changing careers, we know today that people change jobs every three to five years and careers three times in a lifetime. I've always said to people as a former recruiter, don't tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what you've done and how it applies here. Make it real. Make it real and help me understand your point of view. Right. I'm not there because this is something that I think that this generation doesn't always appreciate either. And I see it with the younger members of my team is that they it's almost like school. OK, well, did I do that right? Did I like did I get my A? Um, there are very few absolutes. Yeah, you can hit the mark this week. Right. You can you could have made a really great call or a great hire or supported someone and seen a project through to the end. Congratulations. Nice. But again, what's the sustainable behavior that is getting you there? So it's not just that one thing. It's not the A. It's sustained behavior and a contribution and ultimately, keyword here, impact. What impact have you had and how did you get there? Did you lead with this point of view that you developed from being so passionate? So we're going to do a couple rapid rounds of fact versus fiction. I'm going to start with something that was in my book. I talk about this mask people wear at work. And right now people might be working from home and virtual, obviously, and kind of stuck in this society inside their own home. Mm -hmm. So if you're wearing a mask, especially right now Mm -hmm. inside this work-life integration, is that a good thing or not? I I don't think masks are a good thing. I don't. Um, (laughs) I know you're speaking more figuratively than literally, but I'm someone who, uh, I I can't, I don't play poker well, because you almost always know what I'm thinking if you're looking at my face, but I always show my face when I'm on these video meetings and I sit in these meetings all day, every day, even, even when we're not on lockdown. Um, I want people to see my face. It's okay if you know what I'm thinking hear that, (laughs) see that for what it's worth, but be, offer something of yourself, right? What's with the mask? A mask to me suggests that you're hiding something, that you're trying to be something other than who you are. And I'm all about authenticity, Um, rightly or wrongly, right? Because some people aren't going to like me and my style. That's okay. I got a job to do. I'm going to be respectful of you and your style. Hopefully we can meet in the middle. So fact or fiction, if I take the mask off, I'm more authentic. Fact. Yes. We're going to do one more. So if I talk the talk, but I don't walk the walk, I'm a good hire. Fact or fiction? Fiction. I don't need you if you can't walk the walk. I hear talk the talk all day long. This has been so insightful and helpful and it went so quick. Before we have to wrap, I know you've got to run. I would love to hear about that quote you shared. Yeah. Well, it's actually tattooed on my right shoulder. When my son went off to college in 2014, he said, mom, would you consider getting matching tattoos? And I said, I would, I, I would, I'd had one already, a small one. This was a different endeavor. And he said, what would your dad, he never got to meet my father, what would grandpa say? What was his favorite quote? And I said, well, he never, 
I don't recall a favorite quote, but this is something he believed. I'm certain of it. You are who you allow yourself to be. And if that doesn't sum it up, I don't know what does. <laughs> we are so grateful for you and to you, Jenny. And we will share in the show notes where to find your book and how to reach out and connect. And we're so looking forward to further conversations with you. You have a lot of an amazing wisdom to share with our listeners and with the world. Thank you so much, Zane. A real honor and a pleasure to be with you. Very exciting. Look forward to seeing you again. After the interview with our guest, Ginny Clark, it really struck me that there were a few shout outs I wanted to do that were instrumental from the conversation I had with her as far as what I would do if I were you, if I were in your shoes, the listener. So here's a couple things. Number one, what she said about knowing your value, knowing your worth, knowing what you want, knowing what you bring, that is something that is really important always and in particular right now in this moment when there's so much uncertainty, fear, and doubt, really you need to know what it is that you bring to the party. So one way to start to get at that, if you're not really sure of the answer, even though she gave a lot of really good pieces of advice as to how to start to get there and think about your own competencies, is to take an assessment that I use in my coaching practice called Strengths Finder. It's a Gallup tool originally created by the Cliftons. Dr. Don Clifton and his family continues the legacy of working with figuring out what's right with people, not what's wrong with them. And from a staffing and recruiting and HR perspective, that tool has served me people that have worked underneath me in my teams and in my companies and now with my clients for so many years since 2006 because it really gets at what we're good at based on critical areas like strategic thinking or relationship building, influencing, or executing. So whether you're really good in the day-to-day or evangelizing and promoting or working with and through people in teams or critical thinking or some combination of those things, it's really great to have that baseline as to what are your top strengths. In other words, what is your superpower? So we're going to put a link to that assessment up in the show notes so that you can see if you would like to know what your top strengths are, what's your superpower, and in particular, your top five out of 34 possible strength traits underneath those four categories that I just explained. Settle Smarter is produced by New Dog Media in association with Phoenix Fifth, who are solely responsible for the content. Check the show notes for links to our website, settlesmarter.com. To find Dana Look Aramoto's latest book, take the quiz, read more about today's guest, and to contact us with your response to the show or any questions or comments. And don't forget to subscribe to the Settle Smarter podcast and share the episode. Settle Smarter was recorded and edited by Paul Godwin, who also composed our theme music. Settle Smarter can be heard at Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you hear your podcasts. On behalf of Dana Look, Arimoto, and the whole Settle Smarter team, this is Paul Godwin saying, see you next time.